The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, emerging perspectives on people, process, and profits. Your host is Olivia Parr-Rood. In today's fast-paced, high-tech global economy, the business landscape is constantly evolving. To be successful, companies must continually adapt as well as identify and exploit new opportunities. Now, here is the host of Quantum Business Insights, Olivia Parr-Rood. Hi, Olivia here. Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, where each week we explore new perspectives on the changing nature of business with thought leaders from around the world, and with a special emphasis on what I feel is our most valuable asset, our human capital. And today, I'm very excited to have as my guest, back by popular demand, all the way from Sao Paulo, Brazil, Simon Robinson and Maria Morais Robinson. And we'll be discussing the topic of their book, Holonomics. And we're going to be focusing on developing authentic businesses and sustainable leadership. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Simon and Maria. Simon Robinson is an author and founder of Holonomics Education and Consulting, based in Sao Paulo, Brazil. He is co-author, along with Maria Morais Robinson, of Holonomics, Business Where People and Planet Matter. And Simon is a fellow techie. He was co-founder of Genie Internet, the award-winning world's first mobile phone portal for the Internet. His broad career includes working with ergonomics and human factors, as well as being responsible for user interfaces and shaping the customer experience of fixed and mobile consumer products. Maria Morais Robinson is an economist and consultant in strategy, change management, and the balanced scorecard methodology, which she introduced all across Brazil and to many business sectors. Her current work is focused on developing innovative new business courses which integrate the teachings and philosophy of Schumacher College, human values in education, and insights from complexity science with business strategy, change management, process, and organizational redesign. Maria is a teacher and lecturer, and in addition to co-authoring Holonomics, she authored strategy management, co-authored strategy management, experiences and lessons of Brazilian companies, and the strategic activist. Simon and Maria, welcome back to Quantum Business Insights. Thank you very much, Olivia. It's fantastic for us to be back on your show. Thank you very much. Thank you. So the topic for today really resonates with the theme of my show, as you know, it's called Quantum Business Insights. And this name for my show emerged out of research for my book, Business Intelligence Success Factors. Um, In that research, I realized that the current state of the economy could best be understood through the lens of quantum physics. So when I read your book, Holonomics, I saw many of these same influences. So just to get kind of started on the ideas behind the book, um, can you tell us about Henry Bortoff and maybe his work with David Bohm and and how did this influence the writing of Holonomics? 
Thanks, Olivia. That's a really great question because, you know, we too really love the name of your show, Quantum Business Insights. I think um, a way I would describe our book, Holonomics, is that Maria and I are trying to put back this notion of wholeness into economics. So really for this show, it's very exciting for the the next hour for us to be able to talk about wholeness with you because we can talk about wholeness in a number of different ways. And really for me, I really came to understand wholeness in systems through the work of Henry Bortoft, who was a teacher of mine at at, um, Schumacher College and also through David Bohm. Now, I'm sure um, you and many of your listeners will know of the work of David Bohm. He was a very influential, very brilliant quantum physicist who not only um, worked in the area of quantum physics, but he's been a great influence for business thinkers like Otto Sharma, Peter Senge, because as well as his work on quantum physics, he was a great philosopher and he talked a lot about the notion of dialogue, creativity. And I think for me, reading his work, you know, I wouldn't claim to really understand the mathematics of quantum quantum physics, but the great insight is from David Bohm is that science develops not just through a logical analysis of data, but the great progressive steps in science have come from creative, perceptive insights. And this is quite amazing. Mm. Now, where where Henry comes in is that um, in the... In the early 60s, Henry, um, who who, um, was a philosopher, he started his career in quantum physics as a postdoctoral student under David Bohm. Now, now the interesting thing is in the 1950s, it was the 1950s when the hologram was first invented. And this really um, provoked uh, many creative insights in both Henry and David Bohm. Because David Bohm talked about the hologram as kind of being a template for thinking about wholeness in quantum systems. So, so what does that really mean? What, a lot of people think about holograms in terms of the fact that it's a three-dimensional image. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to look at. But holograms also have another quality. If you take a hologram, a holographic plate, and maybe cut it into four pieces, the whole image still remains within each particular fragmented part. So the hologram has an amazing ability to be fragmented, to be broken up, but still retain retain its wholeness. And this really helps us break out of maybe, you know, Cartesian, um, Euclidean thinking about reality. And it gives us a very different way of thinking about wholeness in systems. The fact that to understand whole we can only really understand the whole in terms of how it comes to presence and, it, and is expressed in the parts of, of a system. And when Henry worked with David Bohm, later he would move um, into management consulting himself. So he had this insight that in order to do really deep insight, sorry, in, in order to be able to do really deep research into the whole organisation, you almost had to think of the organization as a hologram. And in order to do organizational surveys, 
where you would survey the attitudes of people. You really had to ensure that you did surveys of each and every person at every level of the organization in order to capture the whole. And for me, this is really, really inspirational because in terms of the insights we gain from leaders, I I don't know about you, but, but sometimes today, you know, our organizations are still very much based around the structure of a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And this can really impact on the way in which leaders think about valuing the contribution of each and every person and also understanding, you know, the nature of the brand and the values and how each and every person expresses the brand and values and the purpose of the organization. And sometimes I just wonder if if we miss a trick as leaders by being stuck in this more hierarchical thinking and not seeing the conceiving of the organization in terms of the way in which it expresses itself in the parts. It's quite a deep and subtle insight, but I see some leaders who really think this way and they truly value um, each and every person in the organization. And that's fascinating. And I think the other concept that I think is what you were sort of expressing through the hologram is that there's that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, that there's mm-hmm. sort of this energy or, or otherness that comes about from just the relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we have to be very careful when we use this phrase, the whole is greater mm. than the sum of the parts. And I, I actually really agree with that. But we have to be careful in terms of how we think of this, because one of the other insights that Henry gained in the 1950s and 1960s, particularly in the 1960s, general systems theory was becoming a real trend. It was a real buzzword. And now I'm stressing general systems theory and not systems thinking, because when Henry um, examined general systems theory, he kind of felt that, yes, it's good, yes, it does have its benefits, but it's not the whole story. Mm. And what he felt was that sometimes we can be a little bit caught out when we try to create a diagram of the organization with boxes, lines, words connecting, you know, lines connecting boxes, Mm -hmm. because the, the observer stands apart from this description, this general systems description of the organization. And in fact, if you think that that diagram is the whole organization, you're missing this much more subtle way of conceiving the whole. And in this way of conceiving the whole, the whole isn't, um, you know, more dominant than the parts. It's not a super part. It's almost absent. You can't actually touch it. Uh, model it or diagram it the only way you can know the whole is through the parts as opposed to thinking of it as some kind of super part so yeah absolutely you know the 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 whole is greater than the sum of the parts but how do we truly encounter the whole and it's this word encounter we have to go into the parts and explore the whole as it expresses itself as opposed to stepping away from the parts and just thinking that our model of the organization is the whole. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And it certainly speaks to my experience, but I never thought of it that way, that you really 
can't see it as separate, but only through the lens of the parts. Um, I also wanted to ask you, when you were talking about value and brand and, and a company, looking at a company holistically, wouldn't you also need to think about, as part of that wholeness, um, the market, the environment, everywhere that that company or brand has an influence? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, so this is, if we follow Henry's story, um, I I think I can answer this because branding and the whole concept of brand and customer experience really comes into this story. Because after Henry did his work with David Bohm, he then joined um, in the late 60s and early 70s, he joined the educator and philosopher J.G. Bennett to become a teacher at We'd call it an alternative learning um, establishment, an alternative school that was really looking to introduce um, themes into education that the more general universities weren't covering. And Henry went there to teach phenomenology. Now, it's interesting because, you know, when um, Henry taught us, he was saying that, yes, in the 1920s and the 1930s, um, quantum physics created a huge um, revolution in our thinking about reality. But at exactly the same time, uh, uh, philosophers such as Martin Heidegger were producing their great philosophical works on phenomenology. But this was a a quiet revolution that maybe many people haven't noticed. And what is phenomenology? Phenomenology is a philosophical um, school of thought that really tries to explore lived experience. Now, in business, for me, understanding lived experience, experience as we really, sorry, our our lives as we really experience them, it's an absolutely fundamental skill and necessity for any business to really understand, um, you know, its customers deeply. But we don't really seem to have these skills sometimes because sometimes again if we talk about our leaders business leaders they're so far removed from customers in terms of the hierarchical different uh, distance in the hierarchy and also they can sometimes get stuck in research just thinking about the research that talks about customers as opposed to really having a much more intuitive grasp of the intuitive experience of each and every customer. And again, I think that's another thing that I've really learned from Henry, his descriptions of how we can somehow make this conscious leap from just being stuck in more abstract, logical, rational, symbolic thinking, and really trying to see if we can move in to the lived experience of customers. And this is absolutely important for designers, product designers, people who work in design thinking, as well as marketing and many other areas, of course. And for managing as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think it speaks to leaders who actually are in touch with the either customer service or or other employees that have that first contact with their customer base um, as just being able to get much more information to influence strategic decisions or, you know, direction of the company that if there's a lot of hierarchy and many times the top leadership doesn't even know what's going on at the bottom level. So 
this idea of integrating all that, having feedback, um, just seems so important. Um, yeah, and oh, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so so just to summarize, you know, Henry taught me so much to about how to understand wholeness in systems and also what he called the dynamics of seeing. And so I've really tried to capture a lot of this in the first third of our book, Holonomics. And you know, our book is dedicated to the to the memory of Henry. He passed away in 2012. But I really wanted to, you know, capture a lot of what he taught and really try and show people in business exactly what this means because wholeness is important not just to branding but to the whole um, sustainability of the organization too. Wow, that's so inspiring and actually the show a few weeks ago on overfished ocean strategy uh, talked about that need for looking at our environment as part of this whole system of business uh, to you know, make long-term sustainability an option. So I appreciate that. So we are up on a break, and uh, again, my guests are Simon Robinson and Maria Morice Robinson. We're talking about holonomics, where we're exploring developing authentic businesses and sustainable leadership. And you can learn more about holonomics at holonomics.co.uk and read the blog that Simon and Maria have created at transitionconsciousness.org and we'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. I'm back with my guests, Simon Robinson and Maria Morice Robinson. We're talking about holonomics. And before the break, we talked a little bit about the 
history of the name for my show, Quantum Business Insights and the influence of Henry Bortoff on business, looking at business and economics through the quantum lens and how we can think of a business as being this energy system with many parts and then the interaction being an essential part of that. And now I'd love to just move into talking more about business strategy and how to have a sustainable business strategy. And I love this story you share about where you blindfold executives and ask them to model in clay. Could you talk a little bit about these concepts? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, In fact, is that we we notice that to to teach or to talk about wholeness with executives that uh, in the great majority has still have uh, 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 the mental model of a hierarchy or the, the, the mental model that the, the whole is the sum of the parts and not in the way that Simon said before the break. Uh, we thought a lot about how to introduce this theme uh, in a different way, in a way that they could really perceive the difference. As Simon said before the break, uh, the whole is not something concrete in terms of you can express it in a logical way. The whole in a company, in an organization, for instance, is the the relationships is the 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 way people do things in a harmonic or not harmonic way but the the, the sum of these interactions relationships the the way they do it is what is the whole organization so it's not something that we can logically draw or say or express you can model it Mm. so we thought a lot how could we uh do it not using the logic or the the rational um part of our brain or our uh, way of thinking about things so we use the one dynamic that is to blindfold executives so they wouldn't couldn't use the the vision or the vision uh, as the the representative of the our logical way of thinking about things, and we gave it to them uh, a clay in order to them to modeling. Uh, in that case, was about the what is sustainability for you, and how could you express the sustainability in a way without uh, words, but uh, modeling the clay. And uh, it was very, very interesting because in the first moment, they thought they were not able to do anything. But in the right moment that they stopped thinking and they started to feel the clay and to to perceive themselves, they were able to express in a very high quality uh, the, the works they, they produced. It were very, very, very well model it, Mm. Uh, they could express their relationship with the concept or with the sustainability, what they really mean 
to them. And after this exercise, we we take out the blindfold and they could express or could reflect with the group about what they model it and what what were the, the perception they, they, they had after that or during the exercise. And it was much more than to really understand in a rational way. And so it was very interesting to use this exercise because it was before we started talking about strategies, uh, planning strategy and how can our strategy uh, can be more sustainable. So it was an exercise very useful in order to make them experience, really experience the, the, the sense of the whole. So I have a, a question. When they first were tasked with this, did you have to coach them to stop thinking and actually just feel the clay or did they sort of do that naturally? Yeah, in fact, we started the day. In fact, we, this group that we used this exercise, we, we, uh, we know for a long time these people. So there is a relationship between them. them. Mm. And uh, we started talking a little about uh, the, the sensation of what is sustainability and what is strategy. This group knows a lot about it already, so we, we meet it frequently. And uh, we put some music, uh, a sound of the forest uh, during the exercise. So we, we gave to them uh, a time in silence in order to really reconnect it with themselves. And during the exercise, that sound of the forest, that small, uh, that, that sound of uh, uh, their uh, childhood, as some of them said, that they remind a lot their chi- uh, childhood, um, made them more able to really connect with, with the clay and to express in other uh, way more than irrational. Because yeah, because I, I took I've taken part in this exercise as well, and we talk a lot about um, you know storytelling, and it was quite remarkable that at the end of you know when people came to share their insights, they shared their stories mm. about the fact that you know one chap said, um, you know, it was only when he had children that he really started to be able to think about, about sustainability. Um, another um, chap modeled a person but the head was for, for some reason the head was much bigger in the, the person than um, the rest of the body and the arm actually broke off mm-hmm. and he just said yes it really seems that you know nowadays our heads really are out of proportion with the rest of our bodies and it's almost we, we think so much the way of thinking it, it's our way of thinking which is doing so much uh, damage to the environment and thinking about unlimited growth, you know, on a planet with finite resources. It's, it's an incredible tool for not only telling stories and also for people to gain deeper insights as to the real nature of their own brands and their own organizations, because some of them really expressed a lot of pride in many different ways in which their organizations are currently working with sustainability. Oh, that's so inspiring. And did they most, 
most everybody have a very positive experience? Did anybody dislike the exercise? I think it's definitely strange. And one thing I should say about Maria, Maria is very brave because, <laughs> you know, the first time we did this was with strategy executives who are very like spreadsheet, PowerPoint kind <laughs> of people. Their lives are spreadsheets and PowerPoint. <laughs> and, but the, but it, this was a, a dialogue group. And so it's very important that someone like Maria can gain the trust of executives. Mm. I think it'd be quite difficult for just someone to go in cold to this kind of exercise it, because you're, you are creating a very different kind of environment. But as we, as we talk about in Holonomics, there are different ways of knowing the world. There's thinking, feeling, sensing in the sensory world and our intuition and again, when we really look at people in the whole organization, different people have different styles of thinking and knowing the world. And this really helped a lot of these people that are real thinkers, you know, move, move into different modes of thinking. And this, again, comes back to our brand, customer experience and product design. You really to be, you know, to have this overall ability to shift through these different ways of knowing, it's a huge advantage in terms of leadership and also business design, really understanding what makes an organization whole and its products and its services and the way in which different people experience your products and services. Well, and I've heard in research, you know, that makes sense because the research I've read is that successful CEOs, they may not talk about being intuitive, but they always say, I can trust my gut, you know, that they, they have that sense of being able to follow some sort of inner barometer or guidance that um, informs them. Has that been your experience as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, you've used a, a key word here, intuition. Mm-hmm. And again, the other, the other interesting thing about, if we go back to, you know, quantum business insights, it's really interesting that in the 1930s and the 1940s, there were huge arguments about what quantum physics really meant, what the mathematics meant. So on the one hand, you've got people saying, well, the maths work, but we don't know what this means. (laughs) And on the other hand, you've got some people, especially, you know, David Bohm saying, no, we actually can gain some intuitive um, understanding of what this really, really means. And I see this um, same situation play out in business where some people get kind of lost in the statistics, lost in research, lost in their business models, and they've almost lost the connection, that intuitive understanding of the meaning of their organization, the meaning of the purpose of their organization, because their lives are lived in the actual models and not the thing itself. And I, I think this is something that, you know, business executives really would do well to learn from. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's not just enough to have a model. It's not just enough to have the maths. You really have to make an effort to go into an in, the intuitive insights. And this is the difference between an authentic leader who really does have authentic insights as to what's happening in their organization and a more superficial executive who really only just stays looking at the model and the business process diagram and thinking, no, I've, I, I know everything about the business. They, ha- they haven't really. And they need, they need coaching and development and support to really become much more profound or, you know, and authentic leaders. 
That makes so much sense. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about, you talk about studying starlings and how they mm-hmm. fly in groups. What, what can we learn from that? And maybe what are some of the implications for leadership and even change management? Oh, um, it's interesting. We, as we said before, we are introducing other ways of uh, learning or, or experiencing the concepts or the 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 theme we are talking about. And uh, one thing that we talk a lot with the groups is that the necessity for the organization to be more ready, more flexible, more aware about the relationships, about the the way they interact with the clients, with all the parts they have to interact. And in order to, again, to make them feel that, perceive that, much more to think about that. We use one video about uh, the starlings, the movement of starlings, uh, a phenomenon that happens in the end of uh, each year and in the beginning of uh, in the end, between the end and beginning uh, every year uh, in Scotland. Uh, and this this movement of starlings is incredible because there are thousands and thousands of starlings together, and they are uh, moving in the air, but they they don't uh, collide or collide, or there is a, a wonderful harmony in the movement. And uh, after seeing this video, uh, we ask, or during the way the, the moment they are looking at the video, we ask each participant to write down uh, the words that comes to their minds. Mm. So after the video, we stop. They stop seeing the video. We ask it to them to say which words came to their minds. And normally, words like harmony, uh, beauty, uh, the absence of a clear leader in the group, uh, working in a team, and things like that. And very interesting words came. And uh, after we write down these these words uh we ask to them if he, if they really would like their organizations could be like this mm. or could express these words they said and of, of course everybody says yes of course <laughs> right <laughs> so it's very interesting and so after that we start to talk about leadership what is a real leadership mm. authentic leadership or authentic leader in a in an organization. In fact, uh, after this video and these first reflections, we can see that in a, in a in an organization, the leadership is something that is practiced uh, all the time, uh, naturally, and from people that really understand the purpose of the company, the organization, and can inspire the others. And um, and uh, this is uh, the way for the, the companies to start the movement, or the 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 way they can change the style or the way they do things. And uh, so after this exercise, we open a, a window to to talk about the new leadership and what is necessary or how can we see differently our organization 
importance. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, we're almost up on a break, but can you just take a couple minutes and talk about um, humility? Do you feel like this is important for leaders to have humility? Yeah, absolutely. This is a huge word, especially in you know our in like you know the Western economies, um, where often very aggressive leadership styles are the ones that um, are valued the most. Le- you know, humility can often be seen as a weak trait. Right. But for us, humility is one of the most powerful leadership traits. Why is that? Because when you're humble, you don't automatically think that the way of seeing reality, or rather my way of seeing reality, is the right way and the only way. Maria and I know some very inspirational leaders, and they're humble in really respecting the the points of view of others. And we feel that you can only really delve and explore the points of views of others if you do have this this level of humility it's not saying oh i'm worthless or i don't have anything to contribute it's understanding the value of your own contribution but knowing that it's not always the the right way or it's not always the, the dominant thing to do if you're humble you can really tap in to the contributions of the whole organization it's very powerful but it seems to be quite a difficult lesson for certain types of leaders to learn. Yeah, I think it really does require a whole new way of looking and building trust that if a leader admits to maybe not having all the answers or not knowing everything, that they'll still be powerful. I think actually even more powerful in the end because they'll be inspiring people and and inviting people to show up fully with their own wisdom and, and probably, you know, lead to better success in the organization. So it makes a lot of sense. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So we are up on our second break. The time is flying. It's been a really great conversation. Again, my guests are Simon Robinson, Maria Morice Robinson, authors of Holonomics, and you can check out there is some information on Holonomics at holonomics.co.uk and read their blog at transitionconsciousness.org. And we'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Now there's a new destination for video content. 
VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rudd. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here. I'm back with Simon Robinson and Maria Marais Robinson. We're talking about holonomics. And before the break, we were talking about sustainable strategy. And now I'd love to dig into some of the information in your book uh you provide an in-depth case study about de pasquale did i say that correctly um, yep. yeah <laughs> an auto repair company and how this reflects a lot about education and human values so can you tell us why this company in your eyes is holonomic or what makes them so special yeah, it's it's very interesting because um, this is a company that is in a very uh, very difficult market in terms of sustainability because they work with the auto repair and uh, they work with the tires mm. and uh, no uh, tires are normally uh, made by uh, rubber, rubber. You know and um, and so there are many problems related to it in terms of uh, pollution and um, waste uh, products, you know, getting rid of them. Yeah, exactly. But today, the president of this company, he has a very deep consciousness about uh, conscious about uh, sustainability. And he thought, how could he he um, make this business more uh, meaningful and uh, could teach people, uh, the clients, the society, and, and of course, the, the whole uh, company and the employees in order to them to, to be more sustainable and the business be more sustainable. So he introduced, introduced the new practices like, for instance, to educate the clients that it's not all the time that you need to change your tires. And maybe sometimes you can use more, more 10 kilometers or more because the, the, the tires is still very good. So they are very interesting uh, uh, the uh, company because um, sometimes they say to the client, "Don't buy it, <laughs> don't <Wow>. do it." <laughs> That's <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, don't do it because it, it, it is still live in your uh, tire, and um, and so uh, they had to change to make a, a very big change inside the company, and they had to to teach all the employees in this mentality. 
and it's very interesting because uh, uh, when we go in there, they have uh, shops around Brazil, and when you go in any shop, you identify identify this kind of uh, behavior and uh, everybody very well uh, conscien uh, conscious, aware, aware, of, aware you know, about the, 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 yeah. the sustainable uh, import, the, the importance of sustainability. And uh, other thing that I, I think is very uh, unique and very interesting from uh, De Pasquale is that they do believe in education and the importance of education. So all this transformation only can uh, happen via uh, education. So they decided with other partners in their uh, value chain, in their uh, suppliers, uh, other companies, they create a group that uh, provides um, uh, courses for, um, how can I say, people that... Uh, Engineers. Um, suppliers? No, uh, small offices or small officinas uh, yeah. that uh, repair cars around Brazil. They they provided the free courses for these people to teach them how to really uh, align a car, how really uh, do the the use the technology in order to make the car more sustainable, less polluted. So uh, they offer these kind of courses for many, 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 many people free uh, without a uh, uh, charge. Yeah? They, yeah. They, they, it's free. There are free courses. And, um, and so they are providing to this whole system, not only the company, but to the whole system to be more aware about uh, sustainability. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because um, Luis Norberto Pascual is the president and he was saying to us when we interviewed him for the book, there's probably, you know, there's an 80-20 rule where there are like maybe 10 different factors relating to the way in which a driver drives. And this, can, for example, the amount that you brake, anticipating the need to brake, for example, there are about 10 different factors that if you teach these to drivers, they can really reduce their ecological footprint in terms of uh, tire wear, um, the you know fuel usage—it's it, quite incredible. So that, you know they really believe that in this. And not only do they teach, um, for example, their customers—you know, big organisations that will buy large quantities for their of tires for their fleets—they act they actually also set up workshops for their competitors because they they believe this much in the absolute necessity for you know everyone in industry to change behaviours and um, attitudes and changing the educational levels. That's really inspiring. How yeah. has that affected the brand? Do they, are they seen as a, 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 is it helping the company actually gain market share? Yeah, this, this is a really fundamental question you've asked because often when a visionary leader inside an organization tries to start uh, this kind of program, the immediate question will be, okay, how's this going to impact on the bottom line? Mm -hmm. And absolutely, a few years ago, um, the, the business model of not selling tires, it really did impact on De Pascual. But, and you know, De Pascual, they're a private company, but they, you know, they do have investors. And this was quite a major 
um, bifurcation in, in the history of the organization. It really did impact on the bottom line. But nowadays, they've, they've regained um, what they've lost through developing very authentic long-term mm. relationships with their customers. And so th this is the key thing for organizations now. It's not just about maximizing you know, shareholder value in the short term. We really have to now start thinking about our long-term business models. And this is what a truly you know, resilient, sustainable organization is all about. You know, if you really treat your customers with respect, and really make sure that you're only offering them not just what you, you want them to desire, but what they actually really genuinely need, you, you can really develop um, a sustainable organization that, that will survive in the long term. Well, that makes so much sense. I had a guest a few weeks ago, Eric Lowett, um, and he talked about Unilever coming out and declaring they were no longer going to report quarterly earnings. And initially, the stock dropped, and one of their investors said, we want you to buy us out. He said, I'll not only buy you out, I'll buy you out at a premium. And they changed their yeah. mind, and sure enough, now Unilever is outperforming the, their competition. But it does really require that long-term view, and I think – that's what we need for long-term sustainability. So I'm really glad to hear. Does, um, does Dave Pasquale, do they ever do anything to just inform consumers or do they mainly go through their business channels? No, absolutely. What they do, um, they actually have quite a widespread training program. Um, obviously, you know, in Brazil, Brazil is a huge, huge country, and they'll often set up, maybe we would call them fairs. Mm -hmm. So they'll, they'll actually set up shop in one particular city for one week to run workshops, and they'll actually bring in people from their suppliers to help out with the teaching. Also, um, unfortunately in Brazil, safety and security is a, is a major problem for drivers, and in particular, um, women drivers. So for example, they also have a social program. So if a female driver does happen to break down, it's like, okay, how do you, how do you need to be secure? What do you need to do to ensure your safety once you have broken down and to ensure that you know, someone will get to you in the shortest possible time. So they do do this kind of training as well. Wow, that's really great. Maria, we can say something? Yeah, yeah, it's and it is wonderful because it, it's a very virtual uh, movement mm -hmm. because uh, Brazil as well has a very challenge related to education in a, in a very high level uh, in in each level since mm -hmm. the basic until the uh, high level and um, the Luis Norberto he he involved uh, he is involving and uh, he himself and the company as well in projects in order to improve the education the public education in Brazil so this uh, as he says uh, not only uh, to train and to to educate our clients, but to educate the whole society uh, about what is uh, important in life, like human values, and what is important in life in order to each one be uh, sustainable. So he's involved in very important and great projects in Brazil related to education. Well, well, we have about four minutes left. Can you talk 
about human values, how they play an integral role in holonomics? Oh, yes. Uh, we, we do believe that human values are the basis for any purpose, any, any uh, relations in our lives, particular lives, or in an organization. So we base it on our um, uh, beliefs in the human, universal human values uh, mm -hmm. that are five, peace, uh, right action, yeah, right action, right mm -hmm. action, uh, truth, uh, no violence, uh, and... Um, and love. So this five, uh, there is a, a belief in the uh, Indian philosophy uh, that uh, these five human values, if they are present in the society or in any any group of humans, uh, this is a very uh, sustainable group relationship or organization. So if we can have these human values uh, present in uh, in organization, for instance, the relationships will be much more stronger and much more authentic than if you have, for instance, you impose some kind of, uh, I don't know, tools or you have to do this, that, that. This is much more sustainable, mostly for periods uh, that we have crises or we have more challenges mm -hmm. that are the period we are living now, for instance. So it sounds like with this, with these five values, the company would not only be more sustainable, but if you look at like the starlings, they, the, the company would be more agile, more able because of the strong relationships, they'd be more able to adjust to changes in the market or, um, or any kind of, you know, maybe short-term crisis, I think you were saying. so. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Brazil suffers from this in that it has a huge level of bureaucracy because there's so little trust between people here. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, what we're doing, we're really trying to help um, innovative companies really become more agile by introducing human values, and then you can just strip away levels of bureaucracy, levels of rules, mm -hmm. because people trust, you can trust the people to do the jobs that they want to do. You're not trying to give them instructions every minute of the day. It's really important for agility. Yeah, and uh, if it is in the basis of the organization, you, as you said, is the organization is more agile, and so uh, each one can take a decision uh, without so many bureaucracy, so much bureaucracy, and uh, so the the whole organization is exactly the whole is in the part. This yeah. is the sense of the whole in the part. That's great. Well, thank you. We are out of time. This has been such a pleasure, Simon and Maria. Thank you so much for being my guest today, and I hope you'll come back and visit us again. Absolutely. It's always wonderful talking with you, Olivia. It's been great fun. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. So next week, my guest will be Kevin Cruz, and we'll be discussing wholehearted leadership. So what a great fit. Uh, you won't want to miss it. And for a full description of this and other upcoming shows, as well as access to all past shows and guest bios, please visit 
www.quantumbusinessinsights.com. I'm your host, Olivia Parrood, saying thank you for tuning into Quantum Business Insights and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights. Please join your host, Olivia Parrood, again next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.